This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today we are visiting with a man called Job, and we learn about him in the Bible. Job was a very rich man. He was a prominent man, one of the men who would sit at the city gates and who was revered and respected by the other citizens in his town. He was also a righteous man, the kind of man who would help you if you were down on your luck. If you were a poor person, he would make sure you had food. If you needed to be comforted in some way, needed assistance, Job was the kind of guy who would do that. He also cared about his family and his children, and he regularly prayed for them, lifted them up before God, lest they perhaps had done something wrong, even inadvertently, and didn't repent for whatever that was. So one day, the devil comes along. He reports to God, and God says, oh, have you considered my servant Job? He's so faithful, and he's so wonderful. And the devil said, well, of course he's faithful, and he's wonderful. Look how you've blessed him. You've done all of this for him, and so who wouldn't be faithful under those conditions? So long story short, God allows Job to be tested. And so the devil causes some real trials and tribulations to come into Job's life. So initially, a servant comes in and gives the report that the Sabaeans have raided the area, and now Job has lost all of his oxen, all of his donkeys, and only one servant was left alive to come back and tell the story. And mind you, Job had a lot of animals, so this was significant. Next thing you know, another messenger comes and says, all of the sheep have been burned up, and he's the only servant who's been able to escape alive. And then a third comes to the door and says, the Chaldeans have taken all the camels, so now they're gone. And then another messenger comes and says, a great wind struck the house of one of his sons, where all of his children were eating dinner together. So now all seven sons and three daughters have been killed. That's a bad day in a person's life. So when Job hears all of this bad news, one person after the other, what we hear him say in Job 1, starting with verse 20, it says, Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Imagine that kind of a response that even in the midst of this loss and this tragedy, he still worships God, he still blesses the name of God. So the devil reports to God again, 
And God says, consider my servant Job, how wonderful he is. And the devil says, well, you know, a man is going to not be so faithful if you strike his body. So far, it's been all these things around him. Let me do something specifically to Job himself. And then let's see if he continues to serve you. So Satan got permission to turn up the heat. And the next thing you know, Job is afflicted with a horrific physical infirmity. He has painful boils all over his body. And they're so severe that he's sitting down in ashes. And even as he's scraping himself with the pot surge, they're really not helping. His misery is so oppressive that even his wife says to him, curse God and die. And of course, Job being the faithful person that he was, says, how can we accept good from God and not also accept the challenges and the difficulties? So he did not curse God and then choose to die. His friends came over to visit him and they were so appalled by his profound suffering that they sat silent with him for about a week. But then after that week, they started speaking and they started accusing him of wrongdoing. And they said, no one would be suffering like this unless they had committed some horrible sin or something difficult has gone on. Job, however, continues to maintain his integrity and say he has not defrauded people, has not stolen from others, and has not done all of these terrible things. So here's what I want you to think about as we are continuing in this time of the pandemic. Recognize and know that when the pandemic hit, it was no fault of your own that it happened. It just occurred. When some of you lost jobs out there or had jobs severely constricted in comparison to what they had been before, that was through no fault of your own. It just happened. It was as a result of the pandemic. Now, the real question is, how do you respond to significant challenge, trial, tribulation, and personal loss. Some people lash out in anger. Some people become so angry, they run out and they take what is not theirs and what belongs to someone else. Others remain calm. And even though they may have lost many things, they help others and they share what they still have with those who are in greater need. Those who remain calm, they also create new opportunities for themselves and also for others. And they also remember to be thankful for what remains and to be grateful for what they do have. So the question is, which one are you? How are you building your own spiritual resources at this time, so that you can withstand the trials? Are you building your house on sand so that when the wind comes, it just blows away? Or are you anchoring yourself, your house, on the rock? Will you blow over with every gust of wind? Or do you have 
staying power. This is a time to really take a spiritual temperature check to see if you have built the kind of strength and resilience spiritually and internally for a time such as this. So it's time for self-assessment and it's time to take corrective action for whatever you may find that needs to be corrected. The storm reveals the vulnerabilities in our lives that need to be addressed. So what needs to be fixed in you for greater resilience? And what will you do about it? You are the instrument of your leadership. And so I invite you to read a complimentary chapter of my book, Lead Yourself First, The Senior Leader's Guide to Engaging Your People for Greater Performance and Impact. And here's what you'll get from reading the book. You'll get some perspectives on how to leverage your unique gifts and superpowers Also, how to mine the gold of your past experiences overcoming challenges. And thirdly, you'll be able to identify the continual learning that will catapult you to your next victory. So to read that complimentary chapter, go to my website, www.transleadership.com. Scroll down the homepage and click on the button that says, read a chapter. And I look forward to meeting you inside the book. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.